You are listening to Len Jones' Party of Two, where experts and influencers speak honestly and openly about their keys to success. Sponsored by TrueFace.ai, where your face is the key. For more information on TrueFace, please contact your host at ian at TrueFace.ai. Now, pay close attention, because you're going to learn today. What is up, party people? And happy Monday, or as my guest for today's show would call it, happy Money Monday. Today on episode three of Len Jones' Party of Two, I'm super excited to pick the brain of one of my personal mentors and business partners, Mr. John Melton. John is the president of My Lifestyle Academy, which offers training and resources to help you become a top producer in your business. His group has over 47,000 members in it, which includes anyone in network marketing or direct sales, anyone that wants to learn online marketing, or anyone that generally wants to become a high-performance entrepreneur. And this audio is taken from a Facebook Live I did with John where I asked him almost 30 questions from a variety of topics. And what transpired is comparable to receiving your PhD in network marketing in under an hour. John shares how he has created a residual seven-figure home-based business working 100% from his computer and touches on topics ranging from taxes, team building, and my favorite is, is how real he keeps it when talking about obstacles he encountered along the way. Now, I have re-listened to this audio five times, and it is total high-performance ear candy. So without further ado, get out your notepad, and let's jump into it. How did you get involved in entrepreneurship? Let's hear it. Yeah, I mean, I, so we're doing 30 questions, right? 30 questions in, in 30 minutes. Is that how that works? So I was thinking about it. So we're, okay. the idea is to do keep them under one minute so that we can rapid fire as much good quality. I thought I like 30 it. seconds was too I like little. it. I like it. So, so quick and to the point. So I got introduced to network marketing through a good friend of mine. And actually, my phone was upside down. So I have to get used to looking at the eye over here, the dot over here. But um, hopefully that works out for everybody. So uh, a good friend of mine invited me out to a uh, business opportunity meeting back in 2000 one and I was not skeptical at all because I was skeptical of what everybody else was doing going to school getting a degree to get a job I thought that sounded like a bad idea because I wanted to get rich didn't want to work for anybody else I was actually at some point I was kind of depressed because I'm like you know discouraged because I'm like I don't want to do what everybody else is doing for the rest of my life like what am I going to do when I grow up so when someone hit me up about making money and doing sales and uh, residual income. I don't remember everything he said to me, but I was so open-minded because I wanted to just do something different than what everybody else was doing. What does building a personal brand mean to you? Well, if you think about it, every company has a brand, right? Like I just saw a commercial the other day, I think it was for uh, Toyota and it was a really great commercial and they said nothing about the actual trucks, right? It was like an inspirational video or, or, or commercial. And, you know, they built their brand or Nike builds their brand or Under Armour builds their brand around, you know, different topics, you know, and I, I think it's really interesting because us as entrepreneurs, you know, it's like Gary Vaynerchuk says, now that we all have smartphones, it's like we're our own media company and building your personal brand, whatever that means to you is you creating content and value for people outside of just selling your your product, your service, your opportunity, et cetera. So it's, it's just, you know, attracting people to you by way of bringing value to the marketplace. And I think it's a really powerful strategy for anyone that wants to build a business online. And then segueing off that is you talk about a lot about live video in your trainings and your social media courses. And you talk about the power of 
being authentically you and just putting out value into there. Um, how has how can people, whether they're in network marketing, whether in a startup, whether they're just building a business, how can people use live video to help boost their business? Well, I look at you, Ian, as an example, you didn't really want to do live videos for a while. <laughs> you weren't really sure what direction you wanted to go in, which is very normal, by the way. People are always like, I want to do videos. I think I have the ability or the talent. Like, I, I think I would do well, but I'm not sure what to talk about, right? And for us, and actually it was me first, I've always been like the wow and Nadia has been the how, meaning I see ideas, I see strategies and, and I run them by Nadia and she will decide whether or not we should actually give it a shot or if it's worth learning about. Like I was the first one on MySpace, then she got a MySpace account. I was the first one on Facebook, then she got on Facebook. I was the first one to do videos and then she started doing videos. But um, I think video has revolutionized all of our lives, meaning we can go out there and build a personal brand by going live and communicating with people that otherwise wouldn't even know who we are. How much do you invest in yourself? Because one thing that you always talk and you instill upon me and about anyone on your team is about personal development. And some people think about personal development, they don't really truly know and understand what exactly that means. Yeah. And it's hard to somehow you know, pay maybe $1,000 into say a course that is supposedly supposed to teach you something. And it's hard for people to kind of write that off. But how much do you invest in yourself each year? And how has that changed since you've gone through your business? <clears throat> well, you know, the more we've invested, the more money we've made. And I think it, it, is, it is tough sometimes because there's so many courses out there. There's so many books. There's so many online programs. So you need to be a little selective. And, and you know, for us, you know, we've invested in masterminds. You know, we've been in uh, Brennan Bouchard's mastermind, or Nadia actually is a part of it. Uh, we've been in Ray Higdon's mastermind. You know, we followed, uh, you know, Gary Vaynerchuk and uh, bought books and courses from Shalene Johnson. And, you know, there's just people out there that are speaking your language and they teach the things you want to learn. And it just makes sense to get organized knowledge, right? People will say, oh, you can go on to YouTube and learn, learn all that stuff for free. Uh, sure, but it's not organized knowledge. And typically there's more to a course or a mastermind or uh, you know, whatever, whatever type of education you're investing in, there's more to it than just watching videos, right? There's a little more to it than that. So for us, uh, the more we've invested, the more money we've made. And that kind of, this kind of segues right off that, but how do you think of the content that you create? Because a lot of people, they just don't know what to do out there. Like yeah. me personally, I love scuba diving and I love, you know, just being happy in mindset, whatever. So yeah. like, you know, I like doing videos on things that I enjoy, but yeah. how do you think of content to create when you just get analysis paralysis and you fail to take action because you think it's not going to be good enough? Yeah, well, I think one really important thing for everybody to understand when it comes to creating content is uh, it, it's you paying attention to the marketplace. It's you paying attention to, like for me, uh, you know, we teach social media, we teach network marketing, we teach, you know, uh, sales, entrepreneurship mindset. And every day we come across people asking questions. We come across people complaining. We come across people struggling. So for me, it's really easy, actually, because I pay attention. I pay attention to my, my followers. Uh, I pay attention to, uh, you know, other experts that are out there teaching and training. You know, like if if Grant Cardone is teaching something or Eric Worre's teaching something or Oprah's talking about something that uh, is speaking to my audience, maybe I'll take something from their idea or from their training and put my own perspective on it and share what I think about someone that's uh, struggling with, uh, you know, mindset or, or they're struggling with generating leads or they're struggling with, you know, building their business, whatever that looks like, right? So 
for me, I know what I love talking about and I know what my audience is struggling with. So it's really not that difficult to come up with content and come up with ideas because I pay attention. I love that. This is a question I know a lot of people think about, especially if they're personally trying to build a personal brand, is what's the difference between building a Facebook page and then building a, uh, a fan page? Because I remember a lot of the times when, you know, I personally am going to start heading in that direction eventually. Mm -hmm. But you say that a lot of the times, sometimes people do it a little too prematurely. Yeah. Uh, what's your opinion on that? When should people do it? And what are the benefits of it? Well, the fan pages are amazing on Facebook because you can you can market to your target audience. Now, people will say, well, I don't know my target audience. Yep, that's why you shouldn't start a fan page yet. Like, if you don't even know what marketing to a target audience means, you don't know anything about capture pages, funnels, uh, you don't have an email series, you know, you don't even have a way of monetizing, right? You don't have a way of monetizing that, that, that audience you're building. It's probably not time to start a fan page. Like, I feel like a fan page makes sense when you have money to invest. You know how to make money with the audience you're building. There, there's just some steps before a fan page should be launched. Um, you know, it depends on what you want to do. Network marketing might be a way to monetize. Personal coaching. Uh, maybe you could create your own events, your own mastermind, your own course, write a book. Depends on what you want to do. But I, I think there's, uh, you know, a time and place for a fan page. But I also think if you're in network marketing, you're looking for simple duplicatable strategies to build a business. A fan page is not something I want to teach my team. It's not something I want to uh, have inside of my training, right? Because it's not basic. It's not, it's not mastering the mundane. You know, in network marketing, it's all about duplication. If you're doing something other than network marketing, where you're not training and coaching and developing leaders, and it's not about duplication, then a fan page would make more sense. But what do you think is the best social media platform to build your brand and why? Well, Facebook is an obvious one just because there's so many features. And I think overall, it's, it's the best way for someone to create community and build a, a following of people that are, are plugged in the most. But Instagram's a good one too. It depends on what you're marketing. It depends on your product. It depends on you know, who you're looking to attract, what kind of business you're in. Um, you know, LinkedIn for some people is good. Snapchat for others. For me, I barely get on LinkedIn. I deleted the Snapchat Snapchat app. <laughs> so for me, Facebook is by far number one. But Instagram's good too. It's just I don't use it as much. And even with the stories, I love stories, but I get more views on Facebook. And Facebook now has stories, obviously. So for me, Facebook is is by far dominant. Most features, most people are on it more often. Instagram's great if you have a younger demographic, in my opinion. Okay, awesome. And then segueing off of this, you know, what is the what can you tell us about what you know about the Facebook algorithm? And what are some methods you think that people can do to boost their their uh, overall engagement? I have a different opinion on the algorithm. You know, people are always talking about the algorithm. I just the algorithm. Oh, my gosh, dude, I don't pay attention to it, bro. Look, here's my thing. if you post good stuff, people are going to see it, and they're going to find you and they're going to pay attention to you. If you post crap, the algorithm is irrelevant, right? Everybody's so hung up on the algorithm. And I'm like, dude, you're not getting views. You're not getting comments. You're not getting leads because your content sucks. Or the algorithm can change 95 times. If you've got good content, people will find you. People will reach out to you. They'll, they'll plug into your stuff. And look, it does affect some of my posts sometimes. I just don't care. I'm not worried about like, oh, I used to get 300 likes on a post. And now I'm getting 170. Like, I just, to me, it doesn't matter. I will say this, though. The one thing I do think you should pay attention to is the fact that there's so much marketing and there's so many businesses using Facebook now 
that there is less room in the newsfeed. So I do believe in posting less and thinking or putting more thought into the posts that you put out there. Like instead of posting three to five times a day, which is what we used to teach actually, now I think it's better to post maybe, you know, one to two times a day, three max. And by the way, one of those posts preferably would be a live video, sharing content, providing value. Love it. How, uh, um, we, I know you've been in network marketing for how long? 15 plus years now? Yeah, 16 years as of September, this past September. So, and that's impressive because majority of people that get started in their own business are going to quit very fast, very soon, as soon as they run into a wall. Yeah. Um, it's impressive that you've been able to kind of adapt, learn, fail, repeat. Uh, that's very impressive. How, uh, how has kind of your mindset changed? Because I know, you know, you're a six-figure income earner in the industry, crushing it, happy. You know, that's kind of the life most people dream of. But recently, you've been able to really step up the game and, and, and start earning a seven-figure income, which is exciting. Exciting because on top of it, I was, you know, with you at the day that you even got involved in the opportunity you're involved in and to see your growth. What do you think has kind of is the biggest difference in the mindset versus a six-figure income earner and a seven-figure income earner? That's a really great question. I think one of the big variables in creating a seven-figure business, and it's not that I didn't know this before, but it was finding those kind of people, right? It's uh, helping other people get to six feet, right? If you help enough people get what they want, you'll get everything you want. And, and as cliche as that is, it's so, so true, right? Bobby Coleman, what's up, brother? If I were to help Bobby Coleman make 100000 a year, right? It's more likely that I can get to seven because he's at a hundred, right? So the more people you help, the better. The, the challenge sometimes, because obviously we want everyone to make money. We want everyone to win and succeed. Some people just haven't been uh, in the game long enough. Like they don't have a big enough audience. Uh, they don't have as, enough influence. Like it takes time, man. It's like, it took me seven years to finally crack six figures an annual income in network marketing. So, you know, it's gonna take way longer for most people to get to seven figures because you're bringing on a bunch of people that are gonna have to put in five, six, seven years to get to six, right? But that's it. I mean, it's just, it's, you're gonna have more leadership. You're gonna have more duplication. You're gonna have probably people that are better than you. I got people on my team that are better than me, right? Go team, go. <laughs> go team, go. There it is. One thing that you say that I've, I've always loved is uh, you say every dud turns into a stud, okay? And then I like to say every jabroni leads to a homie. You just <laughs> never know who someone's going to be involved with. What are your thoughts on just the randomness involved in the fact that you never know if an opportunity is going to be for someone? Yeah, it, it, it is crazy, man. Like I, uh, you know, like I just got a text message earlier today from a guy that's like extremely successful, has probably made more money in network marketing than me. And, he, and, he, and he's a homie. And he's like, dude, we need to talk. I'm like, oh, really? Okay. So we're talking tonight at 730. Like, and I know what we're talking about. And I'm very excited about it. But that's the beauty of this profession. Build relationships. Don't burn bridges. Well, look, burn a bridge if it's a person that you would never want to do business with again. But I think we would all admit that most people are good people, right? Whether it's upline, sideline, it's a competitor, just be nice to everyone because it's nice to be nice. And you never freaking know. So I friend up a lot of people. I don't have like a motive behind being nice to someone that I like, right? Like I would be nice to you whether we work together or not because I like you, you're an awesome person, right? So I think it's, it's important to be nice to everyone, friend up as many people as possible, build relationships, and, and don't try to prospect and recruit everyone all the time because quite honestly, that's a person that'll probably never partner with, partner with you because they don't like you. 
you have commission breath, right? So I think it's just really important to think long-term and realize the value in relationships. And that kind of segues to commission breath. If you guys have ever heard John and Nadia, they talk about commission breath. And it, it's, it sounds just like it says, if, if you're approaching someone and they can see right away that you're just trying to sell them something, they're gonna be like, nah, get out of here, see ya later. How do you avoid yeah. commission breath? But also on top of that is, what do you think about building a business part-time before going into something full-time? Because I know personally, I made that decision when I was younger, for sure, because I was just, I was, I was drinking the sauce and I felt good. But why do you think it's important to start <laughs> building a business part-time before you can think about segueing full-time? You know, here's the deal. If anybody says to me, oh my gosh, I would do so much better if I was full-time, they don't understand network marketing, right? You look it up. Actually, all of you that are watching right now, I would recommend, even if you've heard it a bunch of times, go listen to Jim Rohn talk about building your network marketing business. Talks about the magic of part-time, right? Like making $1,000 a month in your network marketing business part-time, that's an electrifying story. Making $1,000 a month full-time, that's not, that's not that great of a story. And network marketing, is, it's, it's, a, it's a funny business, man. Like you can't force it. Anytime somebody forces it into an in, a full-time income, it typically does not work for them. So I think it's very obvious when you should go full-time, when it's costing you money to go to work, because you're making more money part-time than in your full-time job or business. And by the way, you might love what you do. So maybe you continue to make a great income part-time in network marketing, but you maybe have full-time people in your business. You don't have to go full-time to make it work, but if you wanna fire your boss and that is a goal of yours, don't try to force it prematurely because it never works. Anytime I see someone try to force it, it always backfires and they will have commission breath because they need people to join. They need people to buy so they can make money to pay their bills. And if, you're, if your income isn't covering your bare necessities, I think it's premature to try to quit your business and force it into a full-time income. And I've seen a lot of people do that. And the worst thing in the world is have to go back and get a job after crashing and burning of two years of forcing it to be full-time prematurely. Yeah, and that's interesting. And, and people talk a lot about income streams because you know sometimes people say, don't leave all your eggs in one basket. Um, mm -hmm. What's your thought process on income streams? I mean, A, I'd love to know how many income streams you have. Um, obviously, if you don't want to disclose that, you know, that's John Melton's money. Uh, but at the same time, at what point in like your network marketing career or your online business did you believe that you wanted to start helping more people and, and being able to have a bigger impact? Like at what point in your career did you decide to build multiple streams of income on top of just say your direct sales business? Well, quite honestly, we had some bad experiences and sometimes those bad experiences force you to open your mind. And I, I started to realize that as much as I love network marketing, I, I'm still relying on one stream of income. What if that company gets shut down? We were in a company that happened. And I'm glad that happened because it, it made me realize the value in having another income stream. Uh, also, we wouldn't be working together if that didn't happen. So there's, there's, there's some good from that. But it, it was an eye-opening experience, right, to have a company get shut down just like that. And as much as I would love to believe that we're all in companies that will never happen to any of us, it's very possible that other companies will go out of business or will get shut down. Or I mean, things happen, life happens. So it's always sensible to have multiple streams of income. But I also think the challenge with, with multiple streams of income is sometimes people prematurely try to start multiple income streams and that can backfire, right? Because if you're not focused on one thing at a time 
and you're, you're launching a business today, and then three months from now, you're launching another business, and then three months later, another business, all those businesses are going to struggle. All of those businesses are probably going to fail. So in my opinion, you should create one profitable business first, really laser focus on it. Then when you think you're ready, branch out and start another business. And even with that being said, you better have some partnerships or leverage, you know, I mean, because most businesses take a full time uh, effort. And if you don't have partnerships, you know, like I have my wife, right? That's why we can have multiple businesses because I spearhead our network marketing business spearheads are our training and our brand. So there's just some some variables to consider. But I think uh, a lot of people get shiny ball syndrome trying to have multiple income streams. They've got seven businesses and all of them are, are, are costing them money and they're not profitable. So that's that's a problem too. So you got to be smart about it. That makes sense. And guys, you know, working with John, um, something that's amazing about him that I don't understand. And a lot of people think he's a freak of nature because of this. And I don't like it, it just doesn't contemplate is, you know, you're somehow able to get back to my messages within like if like within three to four hours, like in the longest time period, sometimes within 10 minutes. And it blows my freaking mind because people say they don't have time. They don't, it, it's, it's going to take too long. I don't know how you do it. So the question is, do you ever get overwhelmed? Okay. And also how do you keep up with all of your freaking messages? <laughs> Well, I just lectured somebody for using the word overwhelmed. So I have to say that words like overwhelmed, stressed, confused, uh, tired, I try to uh, try to avoid words like that because it's just weak language. And I'm just basically telling myself I'm a, a you know, a, I'm weak sauce, right? So for me, I try to avoid using those words. But yeah, man, I get freaking, you know, overwhelmed, whatever we want to call it, like anybody else, where I literally can't keep up with my inbox positive problem. Here's how I look at it. Thank God I can't keep up with my inbox, right? Like I'm so grateful that I'm so busy that I can't keep up because if you don't have that kind of like inbox blowing up, you don't have your phone blowing up, you're, you can't keep up with your business, you're probably not making that much money. So I'm grateful to be overwhelmed. And as far as messages, I mean, look, I'm gonna tell you the same thing I tell everybody. The reason I can keep up with my messages, the reason I can do what I do, because I'm obsessed. I am obsessed with my business. I'm obsessed with helping people. I'm obsessed with momentum and I, I'm just totally obsessed. There's no like, but again, this is what I tell, told someone earlier today because they're like, I don't know how you do it. You, you know, you must work a lot, blah, blah, blah. You must, uh, you know, you, I don't know how you do it. It's just, it's insane to me. And I'm like, I'm obsessed, but I also want to make multiple seven figures. I'm super competitive. Like this is my passion. The only other thing I love to do besides building my business is hang out with my family. So I don't have a whole lot going on, right? Like, it's family time and business time. Like I don't drink, I don't party with my buddies anymore. Like I'm not bowl in a bowling league, right? Like if I do anything, it's I play baseball with my son or I go to my son's baseball games or I hang out with my daughter, I hang out with my mom, I hang out with my wife. Like family and business is all that really matters to me. I mean, of course, faith, health, all that stuff, peace of mind. I mean, this is all important, important stuff, but I'm just saying like, I'm not going out and, and, and partying on Friday night and then, you know, wasting an entire day Saturday. Like I have priorities. I have my life very structured and I have things that I'm just focused on and I'm obsessed with. So for me, it's easy because if Ian Lenhart sends me a message, like I want to respond because that's my boy, that's a leader and I want to support him. I want to be there to help him, you know? Love that. Yeah. And you love what you do and I, it's a good day. It's a good day. 
Um, there's a, this is word, it's a buzzword going on in network marketing right now. And the people that are, are doing it well, and not just network marketing, it's startups and everything in the world. The people that are doing it well are winning and they're winning very, very, very like relaxed. And we're talking yep. about the word attraction marketing. Yeah. I know that's something that A, I didn't implement in, in, my, in my last venture in, in the business. That's something that I, was, I didn't even understand. Yeah. And uh, now, you know, in the, in the business we're in right now, you know, we focus on this word of attraction marketing. And it's really kind of helps create this lead magnet. So this is a two-part question. What is attraction market marketing and how can you use it to create nonstop leads for your business? Yeah, well, one of the first people I followed was Ray Higdon when he was talking about attraction marketing. And one of the first books we read, or I, I like to listen to books, was uh, Mike Dillard's Magnetic Sponsoring. And, you know, that, that kind of opened our mind to, to that space. Also, Gary Vaynerchuk, Jab, 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 Right Hook. I think he also wrote uh, Crush It before that. I can't remember which book was first, but whatever book was first, like he really opened our, our mind to the possibilities. Another one was The 4-Hour Workweek by Tim Ferriss. That was a little bit of a different perspective on working smarter and outsourcing and leverage, but all of it came back to using the interwebs to build a business, finding ways to create income streams online, and attraction marketing is, is it's really just marketing right? It's you attracting people to you, bringing them into your world, providing free content. And they go, I like him. I like her. I like their perspective. I like their stories. I like what they're saying. What else can I learn from that person? You know, Gary Vaynerchuk's got a new book coming out. And guess what? That will be a New York Times number one bestseller. He will make a fortune on that new book. I think it's called Crushed It. And I'm talking about it right now. Why? Because he's provided so much value. I have no problem promoting his book. Ray Higdon's provided a lot of value from us. I have no problem promoting him. You know, there's a lot of people that we follow or we're friends with that have provided a lot of value. Look at my buddy, Bob Heilig, right? Ian, you know, Bob, Bob's a beast. He's gone out and built beast. a figure business by providing value. So providing value, putting out content, sharing tips, advice, ideas, things you're learning, things you're implementing. All you're doing is attracting people to you. And by the way, it doesn't mean you have to just put out content teaching people about marketing and about business and about MLM like I do. That's just what I'm passionate about. I've been doing this 16 years. What have you been doing for five, six, seven, 10 years? What can you teach me that you've experienced, that you've learned, that you've implemented, that you've created results from? Do live videos about what you know. And you know, you're gonna have some haters, you're gonna have some people make fun of you. Who cares? They don't pay your bills, tell them to shush. There's a great uh, message that sometimes you hear is they talk about the idea of your past will either reward you or haunt you. You know, a big issue that happens yeah. is people get involved and they start posting stuff. And they do it for a month and then they freak out that they're not where they need to be. What does that mean to you in the sense yeah. of your either your past is going to haunt you or reward you? Well, I mean, it's just like anything else, right? Like if uh, I start playing an instrument today and you've been playing it for 10 years, like I'm going to suck. But if I practice every day, all day, I could catch up to you, right? So uh, when someone says to me, well, I'm not good at doing videos, I'm like, duh. Like, you don't do videos. How can you be good at something you haven't done? It's just a sport, right? Like, and, and by the way, there's some people that are naturally talented at doing videos, putting out content. You know, Bob, as an example, you know, he uh, instantly went viral with his very first video. Like, that will happen. It's rare, but it does happen. It's kind of like a pro athlete, uh, or not a pro athlete, just say someone that's really athletic. They might, like, not start playing baseball till high school, but they end up in the pros. Why? Because they're just 
a physical beast. Like they're a physical specimen. Like you can't even explain it. They didn't play baseball all their life. You have, but they just blow right past you because they just have more raw ability, raw talent. That's going to happen sometimes. For sure. Paritis. You cannot get comparitis. You must think long-term. Anything you lack, you can attack, you can approve upon. And, uh, you know, even if you're not good at it in the beginning, it's probably a good thing that you're not necessarily, you know, having a lot of people watch your videos in the beginning because you're not good anyway, right? Like, it's, it's probably good you don't have a huge team yet in network marketing because you're not really a great leader yet, right? Like, all of these things take time. And everybody wants, you know, everybody wants to go to heaven. Nobody wants to die right? Everybody wants a big bank account. They want to have this massive following. They want to have a big team, a big paycheck. They don't deserve it yet. Like I had to go through hell and back, bro. Like you have no idea. If I told you my full story, you would quit because you'd be like, that's just, that's just too much. But I appreciate what I have today because of my past failures, because of the bad things that have happened to me. It makes me appreciate the good so much more than somebody that has premature success they don't earn it or deserve it, and it slips away so easily because they're, they're not appreciative. That's why I respond to messages so quickly. I value my leaders. I value my business, and I know how hard it is to create what I've created, so I appreciate it way more than somebody that doesn't deserve it and gets it prematurely. I love what you said. You can't compare. I mean, you can't compare your chapter one to someone else's chapter 20. Yeah. And then when you use that comparison about the Bob Heilig story, beast, absolute wildebeest, like wild animal, just crushed it. And it's funny because I remember you telling me the story of when you first told him, yo, Bob, you got to get out there and do live video. John Melton pushed him to do live video like he is many other people in his trainings, his online academy. And man, it took off and made a freaking fortune. So guys, yes. we're dropping nuggets here. John's dropping nuggets here. Next question is important. Why are personal, why are company events so important to your growth? in your company? Well, it's interesting. Whenever I don't feel like going to an event, that's when I know I need to go the most. Whenever someone tells me they can't afford it, they need to go the most. Whenever someone says I can't get off work, you need to go the most. It's the people that need it the most that make the most excuses that they can't go. Ironically, that's how it works. The people that have the money and are already making money, they don't need to go. But guess what? They're all there. Isn't that interesting? So I can tell you, people make life-altering decisions. It's just like, you know, you can watch a Tony Robbins video, but that's not the same as going to a Tony Robbins seminar for three days. You could watch the Super Bowl on TV. That ain't the same as sitting on the 50-yard line at the game. It's not the same. So you got to get out of, the, out of the stands. Don't be a fan of the stands. Get in the game. Be at the company events. If you're in network marketing, if you're not in network marketing, you should go to generic events that happen because that's where I mean, it, it's the conversations in the hallway. It's the conversations you have at lunch. It's the masterminding and networking that you do. It's so much more than just the information you're learning from the people on stage. Although that's, it's, it's just, it's, it's just the cannot miss event. If you're in MLM and if you're not in MLM, you know, it's just a matter of, of really identifying some events that are ideal for what you're trying to accomplish and the things you will learn to grow your business. That's beautiful. Um, and one thing that you've taught us and you teach us every single day, and I love it, because you can implement this in any sort of business and company. And it's something that, you know, we're personally using to build our business. It's this whole idea of ATMing using Facebook groups, this idea, yeah. uh, you, you have a yeah. course, I believe at my lifestyle Academy that you guys should check out www.mylifestyleacademy.com. You have a course that talks about how to ATM your way to an MBA, which you claim as a massive 
bank account. Um, how do you use Facebook groups and, and, and how can people ATM their way to an MBA? Well, back in uh, the company we met in, back in 2014 or 13, 13, 14, uh, we started a team Facebook group. And I started adding people that were on the fence into that group. And I'll never forget when this guy, Brian, hit me up. And he's like, hey, man, I'm ready to join. Now, I'd forgot about Brian. I hadn't followed up with Brian. Uh, it probably been several months since we spoke. But I added him to our team training group. And I remember going to a Danny Johnson seminar back in like 2007. And she said, expose, involve, upgrade. Expose people to your, your, your product, your opportunity, your company, whatever. Expose, get them involved, right? Get them involved in the community, the weekly meeting, the Facebook group. And then eventually they'll upgrade. Why? Because they're in the community. Everybody else is doing it. All the cool kids are doing it, right? Um, so, so Brian, it was really eye-opening because I'm like, I've got all these people on the fence that I'm trying to recruit. But if they join the team, I would add them to the Facebook group. I'd get them on the conference call. So why not just start promoting for them to get on the conference call and join the group now? Because when they join, they would do it anyway. And what would happen is people would join after getting on the call, joining the group, et cetera. And then several years later, you know, being a part of the company we're, we're, we're with now, uh, corporate got together and, and, you know, a bunch of really smart people that were paying attention to all these other marketing companies that were using groups and doing online events you know, with this ATM strategy of using private groups as like a funnel. You know how you have like an email funnel, right? Well, here it's more of a uh, Facebook group funnel where you have a group that trying to do is ATM, add someone to the group, tag them in a post that you want them to see and send them a follow-up message, right? And you teach people what to say to them. And, you know, you got to have a pin post. Like we have an ATM business academy. Anybody can send me a message if they want more info on it. Um, but the bottom line is you use that group as a way to expose people, invite them, include them in the community. Now, some people upgrade and buy the product right away. Some have to sit there. I had a girl hit me up yesterday. She goes, oh my gosh, I keep seeing all these stories of people losing weight. And then in the business community, all these people that are making more money than they've ever made, I'm ready to get started. And I'm like, great. I haven't followed up with her. The groups were dripping on her without my involvement. Now, of course, she had to pay attention to it. But bottom line, you put people in the groups, some people join right away, some will join later. It's just the most duplicatable way I've ever seen to expose people to a product, to an opportunity, et cetera. And then you even have a group where you train people how to use the groups. <laughs> so you got the people that actually join the team, you teach them how to use those groups as a way of building their business. And the beautiful part is, man, you can build your business from your smartphone. You got an internet connection, you can make money with ATM. I don't do meetings online. I don't do them offline. I don't do, I'm not meeting people at, at coffee shops. I'm not doing any of that anymore. And for me, that's freed up my time to support my team and lead by example and go out there and recruit and do what I got to do, you know? So what you're saying is that it is possible to build your business 100% online without doing any home events. Mm -hmm. our, our, our team did 2.4 million last month and that was our third best month of the year. And uh, that was doing zero, not, not just doing zero home meetings and weekly meetings. And like, I did not leave my house for a single presentation and I don't do presentations online either. I have people watch the videos. Um, you, you commented a little bit earlier about when we were talking about personal development and people you look into the most. And one of the people that you talked about was Ray Higdon. Um, mm -hmm. On top of Ray, you know, what are the people that you would recommend that influence you the most on a day-to-day -day basis? What books and what people are you following that just prepares the John Melton machine every single day? 
Well, Gary Vaynerchuk is my favorite of all time. Like I can listen to Gary all day, every day, even when I'm like, ah, you know, Gary's answering a question I've heard him answer before. If I listen to it, the only challenge with Gary is he swears a lot. And I don't want my kids hearing that. So I'll only listen to Gary like on my headset or, you know, in a situation where my kids aren't around because obviously put him on speaker. You're just asking for for F-bombs. But, um, you know, I I think Gary is definitely my number one favorite person to listen to. Um, And then, you know, behind that, you've got uh, Brendan Bouchard's amazing. Uh, You've got Shalene Johnson is amazing. You know, Bob Heilig's amazing. Uh, Jeez. Help me out, babe. Nadia Melton's amazing. Uh, <laughs> Tim Ferriss is a freaking genius. You can't go wrong with Tony Robbins. If you're in MLM, Eric Worre. Uh So those would probably be some of my favorites. You know, and yeah, of course, Nadia Melton. That's right, baby. Of course, Nadia Melton. Plus Phenomenal. She, she's, she's easy to look at. She's easy on the eyes. Oh, stop it, baby. Oh, stop it some more. <laughs> Sometimes when people get involved in, in, in an online business, let's not talk about network marketing. Let's talk just in general they get introduced in a very odd way. Like I know I got introduced to the industry by someone texting me saying, I have something you'd be dank at. And I didn't know if we were selling drugs. I didn't know what we were doing, but I was like- We're open-minded. Exactly. You know, (laughs) what what is, and even though say your sponsor might quit or your sponsor might leave you, it's like they just toss you a golden egg into this world. And that's how you hear sometimes people and they're, you know, uh, older and, and general people say, I wish I heard about this when I was younger. I wish I did this. What is one thing that you wish your sponsor told you when you started and why, looking back? Oof, um, I wish my sponsor would have told me. I mean, he, he didn't have anything good he could tell me anyway because he was new. So I would say, what would I wish my upline told me? You know, I, I really don't know, man. That's, that's really tough to say because I, I feel like uh, there was probably things they did tell me, but I didn't listen, right? Like, uh, you know, the, the kind of mindset you had to have. I will say this. What I would tell somebody right now, and this is something I wish I would have embraced sooner, is building a personal brand and putting yourself out there on social media and really learning how to build a following, build an audience. And I, I think why I why I would tell you that's such a big deal. And I think why it's so important is because at some point you are going to run out of people that know you and trust you. And if you don't have a fallback plan, if you don't have a way of meeting new people and you don't have more importantly, a way to teach your people how to do it, you're in trouble. That business will not last long-term. And, and that was part of the reason I left the company I was with for seven years, because I knew that once we ran through someone's warm market and we did a bunch of home meetings, if we didn't create enough duplication and they didn't sign up enough people from that first couple home meetings they had in their initial list, they were going to quit because we didn't have a way to build the business outside of friends and family and people they actually had a relationship with. And most people are that influential. Most people don't have that great of a reputation, right? Network marketing is, is it's a funny business. You'll be punished or rewarded based on the life you led prior to getting involved. So yeah, if you bring in somebody with influence, it seems easy, but that's not as duplicatable. So I believe it's important to teach people how to use social media, how to use the internet to meet more people, build a following, so you never run out of people to talk to. Yeah, you wanna start with your warm market, but just as that's drying up, hopefully you've been meeting new people for the last several weeks or months, so you're not in a situation where you're just hammering the same people over and over again, or you resort, resort to cold calling, which been there, done that, got the t-shirt, that's no fun either. 
So I think building relationships, meeting people on social media, and constantly, every day, showing up, you know, following up with people, staying in touch with people, providing value, that's the most important thing that I could teach anybody because it, it is something that's long-term and it is something that is duplicatable. For sure. And, and it's really cool that you say that because I truthfully believe that um, putting yourself out there and, and a lot of the times people put themselves out there in a direct sales organization or an online business because they've never done some, such a thing. And yeah. I think based on your intentions is how your, your audience is going to react. So like network, it, it makes you more of who you are. So if you're really out there yeah. literally just to earn a check and make money, you're going to have commission breath. You're literally going to just butcher your life social circle. You're going to look like a bad human. Like it's just not going to work. And, that, and we see that very often in the industry, just how it works. On the flip side, if you have a really strong, positive mindset and you're actually trying to help people and you're actually trying to do good and, you're, and you care about the people that you're selling to, you care about the people you're talking to, yeah. it helps you on a whole nother level. Yeah. And this, this question's kind of like, we might've already talked about it, but I just think it's so freaking important. But you, you talk about it takes skill to have, say, a high closing percentage. Mm -hmm. Like if you're in a business and you're a good salesperson, eventually, you know, you can close a lot better than when you first started. I mean, I know you're a good closer in a business because you just are, have done it for so long and you know how to overcome objectives. Um, what is your opinion on makeup and numbers, what you lack in skill? I think that's huge. I think that's the number one reason for my success. I've outworked just about everybody I know. I have talked to more people. I've done more videos. I follow up. I'm on Messenger. Like if you guys saw my Messenger inbox, you'd be like, dude, what? But you may not ever build a business that does two to three million a month, right? Like everybody I know that does as much revenue as me or more works harder than me. I mean, it's true. Everybody I know that does more revenue than me, they work harder than I do. So anybody that's not doing as well probably isn't working as hard. And that's okay, by the way. I love, again, this goes back to Gary Vaynerchuk. That's why I love listening to him. He's like, it doesn't matter how well you're doing if you're happy. Look, if you're a school teacher and you love it, wh why are you watching me? Like, I don't understand what, you're satisfied. You love what you do. You should never get upset because you're not as motivated to make more money or uh, build a bigger business or achieve more success. Like, to each his own. For me, I like to work. I love what I do. I want to build a bigger, better business. I like, you know, freedom. You know what I mean? Being able to buy what I want, do what I want, go where I want, whenever I want, be able to make money from my phone. Like I, I like that. For me, that's, that's my motivation. You may be completely content and there's no reason you should feel bad about being happy for who you are and what you already got. The big mistake I feel like a lot of happens is people get shiny, shiny object syndrome like you talked about. Yeah. And it's hard to stay yep. focused on one thing when there's so much amazing yep. opportunities in the world. Let's be real. There is so much yep. potential. Every single day, if you're just out in the world, you're going to get hit with opportunities. And I love that because yep. it's like sales pitches. You know, the more sales pitches you hear, the better investor you're going to become, the better you're going to be able to have overall perspective. Um, but it's interesting because a lot of people fall prey to this and, it, and it's sad and it just makes their business fall apart. What do you think? Can you be successful in more than one company? And I'm talking about network marketing, nothing else. The overall answer would be no way. No way. Now, are there extenuating circumstances where maybe someone built a company for 10 years and they basically wanted to do something totally different that wasn't a competing product or company? Yeah, sure. I mean, there's definitely examples like that. I have a friend of mine that, you know, he built with one company for like 15 years and built a huge check. 
but then he went somewhere else and started all over and he will not recruit anyone from his previous company. So there are those examples. Um, it's few and far between. And part of the reason he can do it, and if you ever see anyone that builds multiple things, I'm gonna tell you the one reason they can do it. And this is even with traditional businesses where they, you know, maybe they have um, a real estate company, they have, uh, you know, I don't know, a, a network marketing company, like, Typically, they're not publicly promoting any of them. They're not publicly promoting, because think about this. If I'm in an MLM and I'm promoting the heck out of it, and I'm like, I got the best product, the best company, I got this, I got that, it's friggin' phenomenal. And then I bring in all these people, and three months later, I'm publicly promoting the other thing? Well, first of all, all of those people that came in under me are gonna be like, what the heck? I just joined you in this thing, and now you're doing another thing? But number two, think about this. Imagine I bring you in, you bring in some rock star. This rock star is now hitting me up about that new thing I'm doing. How pissed off are you? Super pissed. <laughs> yeah, you can't, you can't, you can't, you can't swing both ways, baby. As Austin Powers yeah. says, it's just not going to work. It's like being married Actually, to I two. You, I think he said you could. Not, not. Yeah. Well, I, that's, I that's Austin Powers. Austin Powers is the exception, not the rule, baby. But that's the thing. It's like you're trying to marry yeah. two wives. Trying to have two husbands, it ain't gonna work. You hear this word outsourcing a lot, and it's it's this it's this buzzword that I feel like when I hear the word outsourcing, I almost feel I get FOMO. I get this fear of missing out over me that maybe I'm not doing it right because I'm not outsourcing because of all the opportunities there are right now where you can literally hire talent anywhere in the world for pennies on the dollar. Um, what's your opinion on outsourcing? Do you outsource? And at what point in your business should you look towards? Um, outsourcing. Well, again, this goes back to what you're trying to accomplish. Um, to me, outsourcing is everything. I would start with the four hour work week. That book is ridiculous. In fact, you're going to be way, 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 way in over your head when you go through that book the first time, even if you go through it 10 times, because he gives you like 70,000 different ways to outsource. It's just insane. But it will expand your mind. Like, I'll give you an example. We outsource ghostwriting, which means we come up with ideas. We share with our ghostwriter kind of our vision, our philosophy. We'll record a call. Because for me, I don't like typing out, like, uh, long emails or anything like that. I don't want to put together sales copy. That's not my expertise. So we outsource. We have a ghostwriter. We have uh, people that do our sales copy. We have people that help out with our advertising. We have people, uh, we have virtual assistants that help out with graphics, uh, funnels, con. There is a plethora of reasons why you'd want to outsource. And the thing is, man, like you can outsource for pennies on the dollar. Nadia, what's the website? Upwork. Upwork. So upwork.com is a great place to start if you want to outsource. Like you'll see uh, just anything you can imagine. You will be shocked by all the things, all the tedious things that you can outsource, editing videos, uh, helping you with creating uh, you know, training courses, helping you with anything you want. You wanna write a book, you can outsource it. You could literally come up with the content, but like have someone else physically write the book for you. It's crazy, all you gotta do is give them the yeah. idea, give them the, the, the interview you, write down notes, and they can put it in your words. And, I mean, it's, it's amazing. Anything you wanna do, you can outsource, it's unreal. It's, it's cool because in like the startup world and like if you're tr offering a traditional startup business, 
where you know you're taking investors and you're building a team like a yeah. traditional nine to five ish type business they call that customer acquisition cost so like yeah. how much money are you spending versus how much people are you bringing in so if you're spending you know say four hundred dollars a week on paying off all of these different people that are putting your business together but that even brings in say one or two people into your business or a few customers into your business then it paid for itself yeah. And then it's just 10 X yeah. that. And if you can find that formula, then you can just absolutely scale. And that's what you're referring to with like when you would want to start a fan page, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, here's right. You could, you could outsource for $3 an hour, someone in the Philippines that is awake when you're sleeping, you wake up in the morning and they finish whatever, whatever tedious task that you didn't have time for. And they spent seven hours on it. What's seven times three, $21. $21 to outsource seven hours of your time set. You saved yourself seven. Hours. What is your time worth? So this was one thing that for me a few years ago, I figured out what makes me the most money and there's little things that make me the most money. And I want to put my time into those things. Anything that doesn't necessarily make me 500 to a thousand an hour, which is what I think I'm worth. If I don't think it's worth 500 to $1,000 an hour, then for me, I think it's valuable to outsource that. And that goes back to you having, as an entrepreneur, you're literally telling the world, look, I'm worth this much money. And if you don't believe in yourself, if you don't find yourself valuable, no one else is gonna find yourself valuable. So that comes with a lot of personal yeah. development and growth, like in all this different things we said. There's tax advantages to being an entrepreneur and running an online business. Uh, can you briefly talk about the tax advantages versus, you know, taking a traditional W-9 form versus being your own boss or just um, just in general, can you save money being an entrepreneur? If you were to make 100,000 in a job and make 100,000 as an entrepreneur, you will pay less in taxes as a business owner. As a, so the answer is 100% yes, because you can write things off. You can write off expenses. You can write off uh, you know, any type of business expense that you have to put money into that you might be spending anyway, like working from home, you're going to pay a mortgage anyway, you're going to pay an electric bill anyway, you're going to pay for certain things anyway, but you can write it off, which means you don't have to pay taxes on what you're writing off. So now there's pros and cons of that too, because you also got to consider that if you're getting a loan to buy a house or to buy a car, you can't necessarily just show that you're like making no money, right? Because who's going to Who's going to give you a loan or, you know, give you a car or get help, you know, oh, you want to buy a house, but it says you only walked away with, you know, $30,000 this year. It says you made 2 million gross, but you wrote off so much that you're only showing 30,000 in income. So there are some things to consider, right? But overall, man, you're definitely going to have tax advantages owning a business. Now I'm not an expert, but talk to an accountant. They'll tell you there's huge tax breaks just by having a side business where you can write things off that maybe you would have paid for anyway, but now because you're conducting business at dinner, you're gonna eat anyway, right? Because you're conducting business when you're traveling, you're probably gonna travel anyway. Um, you know, you can write off a lot of that stuff. So it's, it's pretty cool. But I got like two or three more money questions, which I'm just really pumped okay. up about. And this is pure energy and excitement just because like, that's what I like the most. Uh, what is your favorite part about being an online entrepreneur? And you say something that I think affects a lot of people, you said, you can be from Yale or jail. No one matters. No one cares. What is your favorite part? And why do you think that this is something that people can learn from? My favorite part of network marketing is definitely the, uh, the, the, the community, you know, the environment. It's like nothing you can possibly be a part of. I don't know any other 
uh, industry, profession, job, business that spends so much time and makes personal development such a priority. Uh, network marketing saved me. And it's crazy because I actually made a lot of money in mortgages. And I can tell you, there's a lot of money to be made there too, but there's no personal development. You might get some guys that read sales books and leadership books, maybe uh, business books, but that's different than straight up like becoming a better human being. You know, you have to be a great human being all around. You can't just be a great business person and an alcoholic and a drug addict or, you know, uh, uh, I don't know, you're out there like, you know, kicking your dog and you're a terrible parent. It's hard to be a successful network marketing leader and you don't have your personal life together. I'm just, I'm just being honest. Like it does make you step up where there's probably pro athletes out there that are great pro athletes and make a bunch of money, but their life is a wreck. Like network marketing definitely makes you aware of the importance of personal development, of being a good person. Like I was headed down a bad path when I was younger. I mean, a very bad path. Like people say that, but like, you know, when people are like, oh, don't hang out with so-and-so because they're a bad influence. I was the bad influence you didn't want to hang out with. You wouldn't even believe it. So I can tell you network marketing saved me and thank God for personal development. So I think that for me overall, that's 100% the absolute best part of this industry and the amazing people you meet. Amen. And mentorship so important. I remember when I was in Albany, New York, in this desk sitting here in February, no, January, I called you up and I was like, John, I'm thinking of moving to San Diego. And I just, I just really want to send it. And you're like, dude, if I was you, I would already be in San Diego right now. Do it. You know, yeah. it's important for people to push you and do things that you're, that you're uncomfortable with. And that's what mentorship can do. And that's what's so great about these online videos, guys. If you guys follow John, you follow myself. You're just able to have another friend whispering in your ear telling you you can do it, yeah. which is free, so valuable in a world full of so much just sadness and, and just people trying to push each other down. Just like you said, that's the same reason I love it. I love the industry. I love it just because there's if, if I took a pebble and I threw it into a crowd of network marketers, there's about a 98% chance that they're a happy, fun, positive human being. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, so just to, just to kind of end this up, um, I think this is going to be my last question because I know we got to get going. But what is a solid action plan for someone that's just getting started in their business, that's thinking of, you know, jumping into online entrepreneurship, but they don't know where to start? What would you say to them? Uh, well, I think you should go to mylifestyleacademy.com and be a part of our private community. We've got over 20,000 network marketers and online entrepreneurs in the group. We do free trainings in there. Uh, you know, we, we answer questions. It's just an amazing community. I think that's number one most important is to get and surround yourself with like-minded people that are trying to do what you're trying to do. They're trying to build a business. They're trying to uh, attract people. They're trying to build an audience. You mean, I... You just got to surround yourself with other people that are playing big, that are trying to do things differently. Because if you just hang out with the same old people, they're not going to understand why you're doing videos and why you're going to these meetings or getting on these calls or why you're reading these books. Like, who do you think you are? You're not going to get rich. Nobody's going to listen to you. Your video was weird. Like, they're going to say things like that. And you don't need that in your ear. And if, look, there's sometimes you can't avoid like family or really good friends uh, maybe it's your spouse. That sucks. But um, if you can't avoid them, at least make sure that you can offset the negativity with so much positivity 
being a part of community. And that's why people should follow your videos, Ian. You're always interviewing amazing people, putting out positivity. You know, I love following your Instagram story. You're one of my favorite people to follow because you're hilarious. And you always <laughs> smile on my face. So I think the more you can surround yourself and follow people that are positive, uplifting, inspirational. And you know what? And here's the thing. I also think it's important to follow people that, that say it like it is, right? Like, I don't make it sound like it's easy. If you ever got the interpretation from me or felt like I was saying it was easy, you're confused. It's supposed to be hard. It'll be the hardest damn thing you've ever done. And you'll want to quit all the time. And some of you will quit. But I'll tell you this. Once it gets in your blood, it's hard to quit forever. Like, I quit network marketing a bunch of times over the years. Sometimes it was mentally. Sometimes I actually quit. <laughs> um, but I always came back to it because I just don't know what's better. To me, it's the best thing out there. Sometimes I'd like it to be easier. Sometimes I wish I could help more people. I hate seeing people struggle. But I also know it's all a part of your story. It's all a part of your journey. Well, and so guys, straight up, yeah. just like you said, it's like I love that fact is like when people say, you've changed. It's like, damn right I changed. I was used to being a caterpillar. Now I got my freaking wings. Like, damn straight. <laughs> And I think that this is a great industry that you can do that. So, so guys, thank you so much for jumping on. If you guys got any value out of this, definitely share this or tag any of your friends or teams or anyone in this. Um, I hope this is a good value add. John's phenomenal. Go to My Lifestyle Academy. Check out some of his stuff. Give him a share. Give him a follow. Love y'all. Hakuna Matata. Thank you for listening to another episode of Len Jones Party of Two. If you enjoyed it, please leave us a review and subscribe to stay up to date on our new episodes. And remember, hope is not a strategy. Keep making moves. Till next time, peace.